Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Welcome to the Church of Roy, an armchair all American podcast. Warning today's show may include adult language. Now here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve DeWall. Welcome, everybody, back to the Church of Roy podcast. We have had a little bit of break. Uh, Brian is not with us this weekend or this week for this episode. He is at a conference in our hometown in uh, eastern Oregon, eastern Washington. So picked a perfect time to go to the hottest part of the state uh, right headed into this weekend. But we are joined today by a special guest. Kendall Bennett is with us. And also we have Perry Wagner, our producer, who is going to, to let his voice be heard on the show today. So Kendall, thank you for joining us. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit of your background and where our listeners might have heard you before. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Talk Blazers. Um, yeah, so I um, worked in social media. I've kind of bounced around. I worked for Fox Sports. I've worked for Wave TV, um, worked for the Clippers for a little bit, not on social media, but uh, worked for the enemy for a while. Um, but um, yeah, people might have heard me before. I previously was the co-host of the What podcast with Tara Brids on Blazer's Edge. Um, recently was a guest over there. And then recently, you might have heard me a couple times on uh, the Blazer's Ed podcast with Dan. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where people might know me a little bit from. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And we really wanted to have you on, Kendall, just because I, I think people are getting sick of me and Brian talking every week. So we wanted Boo. to get kind of a, yeah, Perry, <laughs> Perry especially. So no, no, no. We, uh, we wanted to introduce kind of a new perspective because I, there is a lot going on where I think a lot of voices need to be heard on some of the stuff that's going on with the Blazers right now. So let's just jump right into it guys so sounds like three candidates have received second interviews uh that is becky hammond chauncey billups and we found out later mike d'antoni there's also been some coaching vacancies that have filled just before the show today so 
before we get into what's kind of happened today of the three candidates who uh, two it's a two part so who do you think is going to get the job like gut feeling if you had to put a hundred dollar bet on it and who would you like to see become the head coach kendall what how do you observe this coaching race yeah i think um as far as who i think is gonna get it i don't know because i feel like each one has someone in the organization backing them so it's i think Mm. it's gonna be kind of like whose voice matters most um i kind of i mean we've seen reports that d'antoni is kind of the front runner at the moment um whether or not i mean we'll we'll see if that ends up being true who knows how much truth there is to that um because of that maybe i would lean towards him um if those are rumors are true Mm -hmm. um i would love to see becky hammond get it obviously for i mean for a lot of reasons being the first uh female head coach also i just think she would be a great person to have as the coach i think coming from popovich's system um i think that that would be a really interesting change for the blazers um also you know i think it would depend on a lot on roster changes Mm -hmm. um but say that we have the exact same or pretty much the same roster. I think that having a coach from that system, which is a very different system that I think the Blazers have been, have played with, with this team, um, I think would be really interesting. And I think she would bring a whole different kind of perspective to the team. And um, I would love to see that for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Perry, what, what, how do you, how do you view it? And I think also ju- the rumors that we're touching on right now, I think, before I get to you, Perry, not to step on you too much, but I, I believe Scoop came out saying, you know, Mike D'Antoni kind of seems to be the front runner. We've also heard reports this week of uh, who uh, Windhorst came out yesterday saying that Damian Lillard is very active in this coaching search. Obviously, mm-hmm. Lillard's coaching suggestion of Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups kind of was immediately walked back. So that that was kind of odd. And then obviously. Woj and Hollinger have kind of hinted at the Billups is the front runner. So like, like Kendall hit on, we've seen so much chatter from so many different sources. And then you kind of get Dwight James with a cryptic message saying, you know, there's somebody in this race that we don't know about. So it is definitely wild. But Perry, before we get to that, who, how do you see the coaching race? Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it done, peeps. Oh, well, I mean, you just touched on it. It, it has been so juicy and so, it, like, it, it's a movie script, right? Because you have Stotts gets fired, and even, you know, leading up to his firing, it was it was a big deal of, of the drama with his job, and then there was the big big kind of hot streak to end the season, and then obviously the, the flame out in the playoffs, which was kind of the, um, the end of it. Uh, but there's been so many different twists and turns with Dame putting out his guys, obviously, like you said, walking the back, Olshay kind of pumping his guy through, uh, mm-hmm. through woes, presumably. Um, and then these other sort of candidates filtering up with Billups and, and Hammond and, and Mike, Mike D'Antoni. Uh, I, I would love to see Mike D'Antoni um, get a shot here. Um, between him and Hammond, I think they're my two candidates that I, I, I would enjoy the most. Billups, my thing with him is, is you look at that staff in, in LA, it's a, it's a pretty stacked staff, right? You got Ty Lue, you got Larry Drew, you got Kenny Atkinson, you got Chauncey Billups. Like these are all guys who are 
capable of being head coaches. So the question is, you know, what has his impact been um, on that team specifically? And I think those are probably the things that they're tackling in those interviews. Uh, but for me right now, it's D'Antoni. Yeah, I, I'm going to kind of just, I, I don't think there's too much difference for me either. I think it is interesting with Billups, notwithstanding some of his past that, that came to light for me, especially that I was not educated on. But on the basketball side, you raise a very good point. And I would assume that if he is hired as the coach, you're going to see a staff similar to what Steve Nash had this year. You're going to see most likely an established coach or a former established coach come in and sit with him at the, near the front of that bench. For me, I, I have been consistently sold on Becky Hammond every step of the way here. And it really is, it comes down to culture, which we've heard a ton in Portland, I know, but I think this is a very, it's a tipping point. And I think the Blazers have a chance to lead from the front, not only because I think of the three, Mike D'Antoni is obviously probably the most qualified, but Becky Hammond has a better resume than, than Chauncey Billups full stop. Oh, yeah. Better organization. She's worked her way all the way up, done it the right way. And really that Spurs culture is huge. And the thing with Spurs culture that I really like that Pop has always really been good at is preaching accountability. You have The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You have to bring it on offense and on defense, and I think at times not even at times. I think that is a huge issue for the Blazers. And it has been that the, the effort on both ends of the floor have not been consistent. So I think Becky Hammond could address that in a big way. And, and I really hope she does get the job. If they, if they don't go Becky Hammond, I think Mike D'Antoni is a safe pick. I think where this franchise is trending, if you want to look at a guy just coming in and implementing a system without doing big roster changes Mike D'Antoni is probably your guy because he's just going to implement his system. There's not a big emphasis on defense, even though those teams typically do play good defense or have defense in the top 15. I think he's your pick, but it's, it's so up in the air. And what I am worried about is we're seeing these other teams hire guys right now and the Blazers have not. And I think one of the common themes is that I worry about is Chauncey Billups is still actively coaching and the Blazers are waiting and waiting and waiting. Like if they wanted to sign Becky Hammond or they wanted to go out and get Mike D'Antoni, they could have already done it. And we're already seeing these teams acting. So I am wondering if it is just waiting for Billups or if it is a culmination of all these voices that, that the Blazers have coming from all different directions. So, yeah. Yeah. I think an interesting question to kind of look at it is like, is, is the Popovich coaching tree. I think in my mind, I consider him like, 
the equivalent to like a Bill Belichick, right? And so Belichick's coaching tree, it, when, you, when you follow and look at the head coaches that have gone up that tree, they're not always successful. And it's hard to have a perfect record, but there's some pretty clear um, weaknesses there. You look at the Popovich coaching tree, you got Brett Brown, who was pretty solid, Budenholzer, uh, Borrego, Monty Williams now, Taylor Jenkins, Quinn Snyder, I think were with uh, Austin Spurs. So there's some really good guys there. And there's some, uh, I mean, it's, it's obvious that like, coming off of that tree uh, is, is going to be, you're, it's going to garner some success. Mm. So I guess what, what the other thing that you kind of got to look at here is of the voices that we've heard so far, which one do you think should carry the most weight? Who, who do you think, should it be Neil O'Shea? How would you power rank them, I guess I should say? How would you rank, is it Jody Allen, whatever set she wants, that's what it should go? Should they really just listen to Damian Lillard here? Or should it be, you know, Neil O'Shea, he picked the last guy who lasted 10 years, a lot of stability. Who, how do you rank those, Kendall? Who do you think should call the shot? You know, I, a couple months ago, I would have said 100% Dame. Um, until he did come out with his picks, and then it made me kind of question things. Um, I think in a perfect world, like you want it to be a combination of everyone because you want there to be a conversation of here's the pros and cons and really have it be like a debate and have you know your lead player or your your star player be an equal part in that conversation. I think it has been proven that just there is not enough cohesiveness in the organization right now for that to be possible I think I mean the most concerning thing obviously like I haven't liked Olshay for a while but the most mm. concerning was obviously his presser a few weeks back or almost a month now um, when he came out and kind of put everyone on blast and said mm. all these things and so I think it's it's hard to answer that because I feel like I'm not a hundred percent confident in saying one person uh, mm -hmm. like across the board. I think um, obviously Jody, there was the reports that she was saying um, that she'd love to go with Becky because, you know, that would be like, uh, be yeah, like the I mean, trailblazer move. And, exactly. Yeah. So it's, so I don't know. I think each, I feel like each, that's why I said with the coaching, like who I think is going to did it. I think all three of those people have a different person mm -hmm. and it's the top three people. Each of those three has a separate of those three that they want. So I don't know. I think ultimately like I would probably still rather go with Dame just because I feel like keeping him happy at this point would just probably be the smartest decision. And a coach that he thinks will work best for him, I feel like I still, at the end of the day, would trust that more. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would say probably still him, but yeah, it's, I, I don't, I'm not willing to go 100% in yeah. Yeah. Um, on any of it. And I think that's probably the right answer. I think in a, in a perfect world, it is a, a culmination of the three. Perry, do you, do you have anything to add there, or, or do you see it a little differently? Well, it's just it's a battle of of, of the heads and the and you know out of the three of them they all like Kendall said have their different person that they want to be the coach right you have the Billups camp you have the D'Antoni camp maybe with Olshay and then you have the Hammond camp um it all it's going to take maybe is one of those people um to kind of relent that power uh I think out of the three the person I would I would guess probably won't be willing to do that so easy would be Olshay just knowing his personality and knowing his sort of stance in the, in the organization. Um, so I think Dame is in a position where if he likes either Hammond or 
D'Antoni Moore getting on either that mm. those camps uh, would probably make the difference. Yeah, I I don't really disagree, disagree with anything that's said. I think what it really makes me feel is this is one of those times for a lot of reasons. I mean, Paul Allen saved major basketball, stayed here, saved the Seahawks. There's always going to be a soft spot in my heart for Paul Allen. But in this situation especially, I think Paul Allen has always done a really good job of addressing power vacuums inside the organization, sometimes a little too aggressively. But also, I think he's done, he's done a really good job of fostering a relationship with star players. I mean, that goes back to, you know, his early collaboration with Damian Lillard, let him use his recording studio, and just little things like that where they can connect over something where you don't really see that bridge being covered there. And then also going back to Clyde Drexler, where, you know, when Clyde was ready to leave, Paul Allen facilitated that trade to make sure he got out and got to the Rockets and got to the team he wanted to here is where I think we really miss Paul Allen here, because I think if anyone was going to walk the line of bringing all these parties together, I think it would have been Paul. I think Paul would have, I, I think this decision needs to be heavily influenced by Damian Lillard. And, and then the, but the front office has to kind of guide him in the right direction and, and basically save a player from himself, which we've seen this in other situations, whether it's going after free agents, trades or, or coaches. So it is definitely, something to watch obviously and i hope that's what's holding it up and it's not just we're waiting for billups and the clippers to exit the playoffs um that said we had some movement today uh rick carlisle is headed back to the pacers uh kind of an odd move seemed like that came together really fast and going back to the team that that fired him basically um and then the the real shocker to me today is jason kidd sounds like he is definitely i don't know if it's official yet at this time of recording but it definitely looks like he's going to be the mavericks next head coach um i think i know the answer to this but what was what's the more shocking of the two moves and and, and why is it that and, and what is off-putting or or do you like the hire what how do you gauge the hire so far, Kendall? Um, what I think is interesting and surprising about the Jason Kidd move is specifically with the Mavs. I feel like if it were another team, I wouldn't really be surprised. But having to be the Mavericks, what was it, three, four years ago mm -hmm. now when they had the big blow up where, you know, mm -hmm. they had all these employees coming out complaining about the work culture and the environment and everything. And Mark Cuban made a really big point to – try at least to fix that and and come out and kind of handle that so then just a couple years later to have him possibly hiring Jason Kidd with his background <laughs> doesn't really seem to fit so that either says like that was all kind of for show and to you know cover or to kind of save face of the franchise or yeah. now they're just like well whatever like yeah. we did that so now we can we have room to hire someone else so that was that was the most surprising like if it was another franchise, I wouldn't be surprised because unfortunately that is just the nature of mm -hmm. business. Um, so it's unfortunate, but it's not shocking at this point, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it was having Mark Cuban be on board and, yeah. and as of right now, maybe he's not, they haven't really said exactly that he's super on board. They've mm -hmm. kind of said like, Oh, maybe, but he hasn't said anything directly. So I'm curious and he's very I feel like Mark Cuban is very in tune with like social media and what people are saying and he pays a lot of attention to that so I think that 
there's a good chance that it could possibly not go through, similar to how with the Blazers when the rumors came out and then all of a sudden, you know, it kind of blew up where this is not going to go over well. (laughs) So I'm curious. I don't really follow a lot of Mavs fans, so I don't know how their fan base is reacting. I don't know how their, you know, kind of Twitter universe is is handling Mm -hmm. it. Um, But I'd be curious to see, like, if they're handling it similar to how the Blazers did, Mark Cuban would notice that. So I'm curious to see if that decision will still be made and if that will go through. Mm. Yeah, I I think – for me, it's just what you're hitting on. It's just a tone deaf move by the Mavericks organization. And it is odd to see, like I, I, you would assume that Mark Cuban would have his finger on a pulse, but also I, I mean, obviously I think Texas and Oregon are two very different climates as far as fan base. And I would say the Blazers fan base is one of the most inclusive in the entire league. And that might not be the case in Dallas where they might not have to fear for that level of backlash because it is a rough move, not only on the most important stuff off the court, but on the court too, it just seems super odd. Like I, if there's one person I don't want to inject into a situation where there's some appears to be some instability inside that organization with some of the front office moves that have been made, it's Jason Kidd because he has shown time and time again, he is going to seize power when available and really kind of get his weasel his way into a lot of situations. I mean, it was his undoing in Brooklyn and eventually his undoing in Milwaukee as well. So I just, I am shocked by it. Perry, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, good luck to the PR team of the Mavs, <laughs> right? I mean, probably lots of amazing men and women who are going to have to defend or, you know, promote someone who they, I almost guarantee you would not want to be the coach and they're going to have to, um, you know, bump up. Um, on Twitter and, and things like that. Uh, it's rough. And for the Pacers, I think I think Carlisle's a good fit. Um, I thought it was interesting because I thought that Stotts was going to be their guy. And I'm sure it's kind of one of those situations, you know, in an elementary school where you're invited to someone's house and you're like, cool. And then someone cooler invites you to their house and you're like, okay, I'm going to ditch that person and go with uh, the, the cooler person. So I, I, I kind of leave Stotts in a weird, weird position. Um, I know he's going to get him looked at by the magic, but um, that's, yeah, that's the, the Pacers would have been, in my opinion, the best place for him to go and to have success right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so scratching that off the list uh, is going to be interesting to see where he goes as well. Yeah. I think you hit it. Exactly. I think the Pacers probably wanted a Rick Carlisle like coach in Terry Stotts and right. wanted to see what a, pl- a coach like that could unlock potentially for DeMontis Sabonis but why go with Stotts when you can get the original? I mean, you're standing there at Costco. You got the Kirkland hard seltzers next to the <laughs> next to the um, White Claws, and they're both the same price. Like, you might as well go name brand. So right. it is uh, – we're not endorsed by either of those companies, but would love to be endorsed by Kirkland hard seltzer. But um, anyway, it was kind of a bummer to see Stotts not, not advance farther into that. And also I think it was – on that, I, I think Brian Shaw really didn't get a long enough look uh, for that vacancy either. So that was kind of disappointing. But in the end, I, Rick Carlisle is a hell of a coach. And I think he's going to do great in, in Indianapolis. So the other coach, obviously, Portland Ties, that got a job this week, kind of the first domino to fall is M.A. Odoka, is the new head coach for the Celtics. Contrary to what Jace, Jay Williams is now saying is a hack tweet, he is not the first – a uh, person of color to coach the Celtics, okay, but still, Jay. Yeah. still a huge hire. Um, 
someone I was very disappointed from the outset I've talked about on this podcast, someone that didn't get a look in Portland that just really bummed me out. I am so excited for him to get mm-hmm. a chance to prove himself with that team. What do you guys think of the Celtics situation and their hire and any thoughts on M.A. Adoka? I, I think it's awesome. I, I think he's going to be a great fit there. I think they, they hit it on the head. But, I mean, do you guys – any reasons why you think the Blazers didn't go that route or it just wasn't reported or they wanted to pick one out of the two kind of substantial recent or current Spurs assistants and went with Hammond. Is there any other reason? I, so I, I did, I was preparing to write a feature of why I was disappointed why Udoka was not in the running for the Blazers. And lo and behold, I find a very excellent feature by Alex Kennedy, formerly of hoops hype. And now with basketball news over there doing a lot of great work. They were talking about his coaching chops a couple of years ago, and they talked about one of his main selling points was that he was one the guy who closed the deal for the Spurs when they signed LaMarcus Aldridge. And that just kind of would just play into the pettiness we have seen from Neil Olshay <laughs> no. since he's been here. So that that is my tinfoil hat theory. I just I, I don't know if if they just had tunnel vision on the three candidates they obviously like. I mean, they obviously were looking at Brooklyn's bench because you got Mike D'Antoni in here. So I, I just don't know if it's a more sinister thing that he was left off or, or if it was just not their flavor. What do you think, Kendall? Yeah, I mean, until you said that, I really had no idea why they would have left him off. Um, I know that – was it Olshay that came out and said they had a list of like – how like 30 people or something crazy yeah. i would assume he at least was on that list um but yeah to not be like in the top three or four or something was was surprising um but yeah now you saying that i did not know that um so i could sit <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds that sounds right in line with neil so i could see that <laughs> happening yeah. for sure I mean, if there's one guy who just can't avoid sunk costs and just put the chapter behind him and move forward with good candidates, it's Neil O'Shea. And that's just not how you run a business. That's how you end up, you know, tra- trading Alan Crabb for Andrew Nicholson. So that's, a, that's, how, that's how that works a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I think we've hit the nail on the head with the coaching. I, I, so now I believe it is the Blazers' job is still open, the Pelicans' job. Uh, who am I missing, Perry? Uh, the magic magic yep so the blazers i think of that group depending on how you view the zion williamson situation i would say the blazers are the clear-cut best opening right now assuming that jason kidd is going to the mavericks Mm -hmm. um and there still is i don't think at this point it's going to happen but i know there were talks about depending on how the bucks do oh yeah that Mm -hmm. potentially being a spot i think at this point unless they completely just Mm. fall apart this series i don't think that job is going to be open but you never know we're (laughs) we're a few fall apart this series so we're a few trey young last night so yeah 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 they didn't (laughs) so that potentially um yeah i don't think there's a huge chance of that anymore i think if they were out last round that job Mm. would be open right now definitely yeah still a possibility if if the bucks go out last round i think bud Bud's definitely on the market, but I, like you said, an ugly series could definitely lead to him being on the way out. Let's switch from the bench to on the court. Now it has been a whirlwind. It's been, you know, it went from coach of Palooza to now we are full on Simmons mania. Uh, Ben Simmons had an (laughs) awful series. Uh, 
against the Hawks, completely imploded on the offensive end. Obviously, his contract, his salary matches up with C.J. McCollum. Another team that featured a star, the Blazers, that did not have a lot of help from his supporting cast in the postseason. So, obviously, you know, there's a lot of groupthink going on here that Ben Simmons is the obvious trade for C.J. McCollum. What are your early thoughts on that, Kendall? And we have another special guest on the podcast. (laughs) We have Kendall's cat making an appearance, (laughs) but uh, keeping us on our toes. Uh, yes. What do you think of the Ben Simmons talk? Do you think that is a, a viable option for the Blazers and something they should investigate? Hey guys, it's Pear here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it done, peeps. Kansas City Steak Company wants to make this your best grilling season ever. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout from classic steak cuts, oh yeah, to USDA Prime, to hard to find specialty cuts and more, Kansas City Steaks is everything you need to fire up the grill. These are steakhouse quality steaks, aged to perfection. They make it so easy, each order is flash frozen and delivered directly, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. Enjoy their butter tender filet mignon, mmm, hearty Kansas City steaks, I'm getting hungry as I'm talking, and savory ribeyes. It's been a hard year, so enjoy being together again by bringing the steakhouse to your house with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com with code SD. I honestly feel so mixed on this for so many reasons. I think, um, well, first off, I'd like to say I hate the CJ and Rocco for him trade. I think that would not be the way to go if we were going to do it. Um, and what was it? We were going to get back Simmons and who was the, who like, else? I think like Fiebel might've been in it or. Yeah. I think that would be a terrible, I think the only way we could do that trade is if we got Seth Curry back, which I don't see the, the Sixers having any intention of getting rid of at this point. I'm concerned he was their second best player all series, but yeah, I think obviously from a defense defensive standpoint, I think it would be amazing. I think him and Dame together, I think would be great. I think like them, like uh, Ben sitting, setting pits for, mm-hmm. or saying pit, doing the pit and roll, setting strings for Dame, I think would be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be really great to watch. Um, I do worry about the fact that Ben Simmons despite his size, like he basically is a point guard. And I worry about we're not going to have Dame play off the ball all the time. So he would be playing off the ball and that would worry me where he goes, okay, like he hasn't proven himself to be able to do that successfully. He is most successful when he has the ball in his hands and is passing it off. Sorry. He is all over the place. Um, (laughs) You're good. You're good. (laughs) um, Yeah. So that worries me. Um, I think that that would cause a lot of issues of, okay, so, now we have to rely on him purely playing off the ball, which then he becomes a liability. Mm-hmm. And the other pr- problem is obviously him in the fourth quarter, his liability there. And, you know, the talks where they were, you know, asking Doc post games, like, should he be pulled out at the end of the fourth quarter so he doesn't get fouled and, and all this stuff. And I think that that would, that issue would not go away with us. And I think that that would cause a lot of issues too. And um, 
it would, I feel like the, like I said, the only way that I think it would really work is we'd have to get another really strong shooter back. So I think that's where, you know, if we could get Seth Curry back in a, like, that's never going to happen, but like, that would make sense. I feel like I would be totally fine if we could get Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, but losing CJ's offense and just replacing it with defense, like great. But then they say we get Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. how how much is that going to help us so it's so it's like there's so many factors that i think i think in there's a world where it would work really well but there's also a world that i think it could really hurt us so i'm curious i think i want to see who the coach ends up being first mm-hmm. and then kind of go from there and kind of see well what are we offering up i think definitely not offering roco i think would be a terrible decision and then kind of seeing, yeah, like what can, who is going to come with him and what other trades. I think we definitely have to get rid of Nurk. I don't think you could put Simmons and Nurk next to each other and have that be any sort of success. Um, so that would have to be probably a sign and trade and get rid of him and, and, you know, see what happens there. So maybe he's the trade asset instead of Rocco and then see what we can get back for that. So, um, yeah, I'm very mixed on it. I'm not as I'm not as uh, excited as most of Twitter seems to be about this potential trade. You know, I I am so happy you brought up something I don't think it's talked about enough, and that is Ben Simmons and Yusuf Nurkic and their ability or inability to probably coexist. Mm-hmm. And not only do you have it's a clunky. I mean, they operate in the same areas. I mean, some of the problems that Nurk has had, and I'm sure might have led to some of his comments about how he was unhappy with his role is you have guys like CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony guys who operate a lot in that mid range and kind of crowd in on his post play putting Ben Simmons is a purely inside the arc player on offense when he is playing offense. So it's, it's a super ugly combination and not only that, but they're both represented by clutch. And if, and if rich Paul is involved in this trade, and some of the negotiations was it sounds like that is the case. I believe there was a report from Woj today, or it might've been McMahon. I can't remember somebody from ESPN. It was Woj. It, yeah. Yeah. Saying that, you know, Rich Paul is definitely involved in this, in this talks with Daryl Morey. I would say Rich Paul would, it would be a disaster for both his clients if they both ended up in Portland. So I think there would be pretty strong leverage that if Ben Simmons is going to Portland, which that might be a good move for Ben Simmons career wise, to kind of get out of the spotlight get up here to the northwest because philly fans don't forget and the bright lights of la might not be a good idea right now um i think if it if you can get nerd to a good situation too maybe there's a window for a trade but i think that dynamic is not getting talked about enough so that was one of my key points now perry what do you, what do you think of the trade do you think it's a fair equal value or is it just like impossible to gauge either of these players value right now well, I mean, the first thing I, I want to say is that if you want to see how bad uh, a Nurkic-Simmons combo would be, I mean, it's Simmons and Embiid isn't good. And Embiid <laughs> basically just does everything Nurkic does just better. So you would imagine that pairing Simmons with a worse player that's also a post player wouldn't hey, go very easy, well. Easy on Nurk. Let's just not use worse. Just say a little less good or slightly something. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. Less established. Less established. Yes, less respected. I can live with that. Go ahead, Perry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trade value fluctuates, right? Because at one point, two or three years ago, you would have said that Simmons was, was far beyond where you could probably get for McCollum. And then earlier this year, McCollum was looking like he was going to average 26, 27 points a game. And I, I don't know if I personally would have given him up for Ben Simmons. Uh, And now we're kind of at this point where both of them are 
in a place of their teams questioning if there's something better that they can get um, that would fit better with, with how the teams are constructed. I would be interested in it. Um, I'd need to see Norman Powell come back. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that Norman Powell can give you um, more than 15 points a game or 16. I think he can give you 20, 21, 22. And if you can get that from Powell along with Dame's usual scoring output, I think you can live with giving up um, CJ scoring output and deal with, you know, the 12 to 15 you're going to get from Simmons. Yeah, I, I think Simmons, too, in a, in a perfect world, in a situation where he does end up in Portland, like Kendall said, Nurk's probably got to get moved. I think you want Ben Simmons, and this is not an original thought by any means. I've seen it in plenty of places. You would want Ben Simmons to play that Draymond Green type role where when the pressure comes to Dame, you're putting it in Ben Simmons' hands, letting him get downhill, and letting him beat four-on-three matchups. And, and I think Ben Simmons can't do that. It's just oh, – yeah. Like, like we touched on, it's who's going to be the coach, what's the package, and what's the secondary move. And as far as Mike D'Antoni goes, I I had the privilege of, of being around that Phoenix team just, just by living there and watching a lot of those games when I was in college. And just being able to watch what he did with Sean Marion and how fast that pace was with the Suns, I think it's perfect for Ben Simmons, but mm. we still don't know who the coach is going to be. And D'Antoni has definitely changed to a more, you know, three-point or at-the-rim type offense. So I don't know how it's going to look now. Um, you could argue that Becky would do yeah. something similar with him too because yeah. that that Spurs system is obviously very much their player-first coaches. Again, you know, you talk about even – people always talk about Kawhi mm. and – you know, he came into the lead, obviously he was a strong player, but he had a lot of problems and he was very quickly kind of like fixed by that system mm -hmm. as people like to kind of talk about. And it's like, well, who's to say that someone like Becky Hammond wouldn't be able to do that with Ben Simmons. Like maybe he ha hasn't been around the right environment. I think, yeah, Philly fans, I think have really hurt him. I think, you know, being with Embiid where, you know, there, that's been a lot of up and down. There's been a lot of issues there. There's obviously been a lot of coaching changes. There's been all these different issues. And I think maybe being around a new coach in a smaller market and even just a player like Dame might be the right environment for Ben Simmons to where he might be in a position where he can get kind of, I think he's, I, I don't want to say that he's lacking confidence because I think Ben Simmons has a very cocky side, <laughs> but I also think that there are a lot of insecurities there that have come from being in Philly. So I think that he has like both extremes. I think when it comes to like his defense, obviously he's very cocky about it and he'll, you know, wants to say he's guaranteed defense player of the year and all that stuff. But then from an offensive side, like he, doesn't even have the confidence to attempt shooting. So it's like, I think maybe being in a system where it is so heavily focused on offense and he's around a player like Dame, he might be able to build up that confidence a little bit more where he feels less pressure to have to shoot. So when he does shoot, there's not as much pressure of like, you have to make it or you, it has to be perfect or any of this. So it might be a good system for him to be in to just help his confidence and help his growth as a player because he is still very young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's only 24 years old, five years younger than, than C.J. McCollum. I mean, separated by like 100 days, I think, is five mm -hmm. years. So I think just not outside of just Dame, I think just organizationally, it's just two very different I mean, things. I think the cloud hangs over the process right now is can you take a organizational 
you know, mission statement of we're going to lose and get really good players. And then all of a sudden to flip a switch to a team that has kept tanking at an arm's length distance since tanking really kind of became a thing. And can, can, will that transfer for him, for his confidence and just get injected into a winning culture? Because yes, the Sixers have had success in recent years, but you know, it's built on a sand foundation, you know, with a flood coming through. Like, I, I just don't necessarily buy into it. So, well, I, I think Portland for his mindset would be a great fit. And like you said, with the Spurs, not only Kawhi Leonard addressed his flaws, but also they haven't always just, you know, rounded a square peg to put it through a round hole. You look at Kyle Anderson, who is not nearly the athlete, but definitely not a, a player that has – NBA skills that are coveted right now and they found a way to make him work and he has a lack of shooting at that time but he's a playmaker he gets downhill they put the ball in his hands to allow him to make good decisions and build confidence and I think you could see on a much bigger scale them doing that with Ben Simmons if he comes to Mm -hmm. Portland under Becky Hammond so yeah my only concern there would be obviously we'd have to get rid of nerds so then who would our who would be our center Mm-hmm. because we're not going to be able to – I don't think we would realistically be able to trade for a really solid center, and there's not really any I, – I just – I don't really see a situation where we're going to be able to get a super strong center. It's like, are we going with Ennis as our starting center? Like, what <laughs> – no. so yeah. it's – that would be my, my first question with that is, like, well, what's the plan there? Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how that would work. So I'd be curious to see if that was a move that they wanted to make, what would they do? about the center position. Also, I just don't know who else we realistically could trade CJ for that could make us better. And I think he might, that's kind of why I'm leaning a little more towards like, I'm open to it because it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't, he might be one of the only people that is a realistic trade that could actually potentially make us better. So I think this is an interesting thought exercise to think of in that scenario is, would you rather see the Blazers trade for a more talented player that might not be the best fit like Ben Simmons, or would you rather see the Blazers trade CJ McCollum for maybe a group of less talented players, but could offer a better fit, whether that's floor spacing defense, uh, sticking to the three point line in your mind, what do you think would be more beneficial for this team? Is it still a star driven league where you need those two clear cut stars, or do you want to kind of do the sum of all your parts kind of like Atlanta was, you know, five, six years ago. I think if, if, well, this is contingent on, on Neil O'Shea um, letting bygones be bygones and reaching out to the Celtics. I think if you can, if that's, you know, what he is interested in doing, um, you know, if, if Tatum and Brown are off the table, which I think they might be like, I would be open to some sort of Marcus smart, maybe even Al Horford since they just got him back um, sort of package that, like you said, probably is a little lesser value, but but would fit really well with Dame. I think Dame is is in that Curry range of like of of he doesn't necessarily need a star next to him to be successful. Uh, but it is really just depending on preference and if if mm-hmm. those deals are out there. Yeah, Kendall. What yeah, do you I think? agree. I agree okay. with that. I think I agree with that, but I think I maybe would lean towards the Ben Simmons idea mm-hmm. just because I think. At this point, I'm willing to make I, – I think we've made enough over the years small changes of like, oh, this person – like even when we got Roko, it was like, oh, he's going to be a great fit, and he has been a great fit, but it didn't 
push us over the edge. So I think there definitely are packages where we could get more pieces that are great fits, but so far we have not seen enough success with that to push us over the edge. So then my thing goes, I almost would rather do something that is riskier because that's the thing that like Neil Olshay does not do is take mm-hmm. bid risks. And at this point, it's like, I would rather see as a fan, if we kind of make a huge move like that, a risky move and say it doesn't work out a hundred percent, I would still be happier with that than seeing him play it safe. And we just continue kind of staying where we're at. Mm-hmm. So also with Ben Simmons, like, the possibility of what could happen with him, I think is almost like worth it. Like he, his trade value is the lowest right now as then it probably ever will be. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is part of why too, what the report was today with Woj is that he said Philly is determined to make it work, but is open to offers basically. Mm -hmm. So it's saying like they want to, but unless they get a really good offer, they're not going to move. They're not going to budge. And I think a big part of us, because they know his trade value is not where it should be realistically. Mm -hmm. So um, I think if we have an opportunity to get him and we can figure out the center position and we can figure out all these other things, I think that that might be the the move to make just to shape things up and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then we trade him next year because it's like, at that point, it's like, we'll still be able to trade him for Mm -hmm. someone big and then, you know, kind of go from there. And then it's like, okay, make another big move. And I think at this point, like we have to start just making big moves. Mm -hmm. I I think it comes down to timeline on a lot of that. Like I think two years ago when you maybe have a little bit more goodwill with Damian Lillard, I think you can, I, I think the right move is go get Ben Simmons even if he doesn't fit in your system, you're going to recoup his trade value and be able to potentially flip him for a real foundational piece that fits your system. Um, as far as Daryl Morey goes, he's already, he's an excellent front office person, but I think also he's, he has a little bit of a stain on his resume is where he fire sailed Chris Paul, who turned out to be the better asset in that Russell, Russell Westbrook trade. So I, I, I wonder if that is still in the back of his mind, but I think these good GMs and presidents of basketball operations, I think they just keep moving, keep going forward. It's like a quarterback who throws an interception. Like you have some that dwell on it. You have some that just move on. And I, Daryl Morey kind of strikes me as a guy who's just move on and he's going to evaluate it. And and like we hinted at, I don't think you're going to take him to the cleaners. And I don't think Neil O'Shea is going to, is the guy to do it either. So I think we've, We've discussed all things Ben Simmons from all the angles. I want to end on kind of a fun note. The Team USA basketball roster kind of just came into focus in the last couple of days. I, I believe we have the final roster. Features Damian Lillard headed for a, a big marquee role. I mean, I think he is one of the biggest names on the team. He's definitely been marketed that way. Of all the people that are going to be on the team with him, who are you most excited to see play next to Damian Lillard? I I think probably, and this is probably not the popular answer, um, just because I think with all-star games, you've kind of seen him play with a lot of these players. Like you've seen him, you know, the KD, all these things. Like, okay, it's fun, it's cool. But I think for me, it's people that have been in talks of possibly coming to Portland of – seeing him play next to Kevin Love, who mm-hmm. I'm still confused at how, why he's on this roster. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he still is someone that every year, it seems like he's in talks of possibly coming to the Blazers and trading for Kevin Love. So I'd be curious to see him play in this 
in in a higher risk situation rather than an all-star game and see okay well like they're probably not going to play a ton together they're probably not going to do a ton of minutes but it'd be interesting to try and see how they play of you know can kevin love come to the blazers and do they play well together of could he possibly do this? Um, and then the other one is Chris Middleton, who is another name who everyone was saying, you know, if the if the the Bucks blow up, trade CJ for Chris, Chris Middleton, which I was very iffy on. Um, so that's another person where I'd be curious to see them play together and see like how that would be because maybe not this off season, but next off, if they don't make it this year, but they keep the team together and then next year, they also don't make it. He definitely is probably going to be someone who is going to be up, um, up for grabs. So he's another person to kind of look at and see how do they play together? Is he a possibility? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Kendall. I think there's a lot of exciting players, but honestly, what I want is for Dame to find a guy, whether it be Middleton or Draymond or even Kevin Love that seems like on edge about his current situation and just pick the scab until he agrees to come to Portland. Because <laughs> there's no better summer for that, right? Like this is the time to do it. And it's crazy because in 2016, like Dame dropped out of the, of the Olympic, you know, running. And then you have like a guy like Mello dominating in, in the Olympics. It's crazy how you can in a four or five year span. Mm-hmm. Now Dame is probably the second best player on the team behind Kevin Durant. And, you know, Mello is where he's at. Uh, but I think Dame is just personally, he's going to play a lot and he's going to score a lot of points and it's, it's going to be really good for his brand. And it'll be really good for Portland. I would say on the picking the scab front, I would be careful what you wish for. Cause that is a two way street and, <laughs> and, yeah. and Damian Lillard might not be the happiest camper when he shows up to USA camp. That yeah, said, we'll see, I see what yeah. moves happen before then. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. See how um, the state is going in. I would say a lot of the same names is what I, what I thought I I'm interested to see. Obviously I think the most upset, potentially upset guy who wants to move is Bradley Beal. I would say though, Draymond green is, I I think Draymond green and Damian Lord have a legitimate friendship off the court. Yes, it is. We've seen them Dame play with guys in this orbit before in all-star games, but international competition is a different level. These guys do take it seriously, at least for three quarters. And most of the time they're up by 20 by then. So it gets a little more relaxed at the end. I think him and Draymond and how they work together. And I think playing with Draymond, a guy who is not afraid to raise his voice to elite players and, and really coach guys on the floor. And for Dame to be around a guy who, really holds his teammates feet to the fire could be really good for Dame on defense and also just a lesson for Dame to learn himself to bring back to Portland and maybe just add that last little bit of an ingredient to it because he's a great leader but that could be like the kind of just that last little sprinkle of finishing touch on it so I am very excited to see that partnership and then obviously Kevin Love which synergy full circle you know who works with Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons Kevin Love at center so let's Let's do it. I'm all for it. (laughs) Yeah. I also think what's interesting about Dame is that he, and he's said this before in interviews where like he has friendships around the league, but most of his friends are not in the league. Like he's not super, he's not a LeBron or someone like that. Who's constantly hanging out with players and having them over for dinner. And he hangs out with his team and then occasionally, you know, he has like Tim Frazier and, you know, a couple Mm. players here and there that he has relationships with. But for the most part, it's like, he's, he's not, 
doesn't have these super close relationships with all these players. And I think the Olympics is such a great opportunity where, yeah, it's like you're almost in like summer camp where you're trapped with these guys. They always say like everyone who does the Olympics on these teams always say like, yeah, we became so close and that might be beneficial. Yeah. For free agency too, of like, okay, he's, Maybe that's a big part of why a lot of people don't come to Portland for free agency. Just like, yeah, I'd love to play with Dame, but like, I don't really have a relationship with him. So I'm going to choose someone who I have a relationship with. So I think maybe this might be an opportunity where it's like it forces relationships, which is ultimately just down the line, potentially going to help more in, in free agency. Yeah. I, I mean, Dame, not only through some of that, I, I think also a lot of these guys also foster relationships with who they train with and, mm-hmm. Lillard has a great relationship with Phil Beckner, but Phil Beckner is not, you know, one of these top line trainers that everybody goes to and, and he doesn't, you know, it's not like going to the Drew League or something like that. So, like you said, this is a, a like a summer camp type environment. And I think Dame did kind of get his feet wet a little bit. At least it was rumored that before Giannis signed that extension, I, it sounded like he had fostered a relationship with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe this is the time where, you know, those seeds get planted. We certainly saw it come to fruition with that Golden State team, all those guys being together and kind of wooing Kevin Durant. That said, I think that's all. This podcast with how fast everything's moving, this could all be completely out of date by tomorrow, and we will (laughs) definitely try to get Kendall back. Great guest. Kendall, why don't you tell us where our, our listeners can find you on Twitter and if you got anything special, any projects coming up or, or, and I would say excellent follow on, on Twitter. I, I love some of the insight you've recently had with Paul George recently, a lot of the same <laughs> feelings I had. So yeah. Kendall, go ahead. Yeah. Um, not any project to speak of at the moment. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Kendall Bennett one six, um, Kendall, it's K E N D Y L. Uh, so spelled a little different, but yeah, mostly, mostly just tweet NBA and the occasional bachelor tweet over there. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's about it on, on Twitter. All right. And Perry, thank you again for, for hopping on and covering for Brian. Uh, we hope Brian has a, a very fun week in, in, in tri cities and in Hermiston, Oregon. <laughs> what a great place to be. Um, miss you, Brian. Yeah. Also Perry, congratulations. Tie the knot pictures look excellent you go both look very happy nothing but but best wishes for you my man yep of course we had the uh, church of roy uh pastor do our our, yeah yeah which would be you i guess well Well, i guess it wasn't you know brandon roy's invitation to come on the show is always open so we're we're gonna work work i think that might be the last episode when we get him on so um can't can't go anywhere from here yep the journey (laughs) has been complete also this weekend guys just be smart be careful. It's going to be really hot up here in Portland. I, I don't think a lot of people realize how hot 110 is. Stay in the shade. Drink a bunch of water. Don't run your AC in your car, in your garage. Make sure you're outside if you're doing that for a little bit of relief. Just be smart. Make smart choices. Also, it's going to be hot. People are going to be frustrated. Treat each other with respect and dignity. And always, you know, enjoy the podcast. And until we talk again, uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Locker Room every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.